0: All right, Luke chapter eleven, verse fourteen. Get your Bibles out if y'all don't mind. We've been going through Luke chapter eleven. We started in chapter ten. We're still in chapter eleven. I'm gonna kind of take us on a little bit of a wild goose chase tonight. Um, I believe with where we're going, we are so close to breaking ground. I'm, we're so close to to building a new children's wing and youth wing. And I'm telling you, I'm getting so excited. I'm getting so excited. Um, you know, we've, you've seen a few of the changes in our staff. Miss Tammy has come on part-time to help with worship. We've got Caleb Camacho coming on part-time to help with children's ministry. We are just, just get, God is really providing for us. And we've got this facility about to be built, and uh, we're going to look at Luke chapter 11. Let me just read right here. Um, Miss, Miss Eileen Cunliffe kind of gave a word at prayer about Nehemiah, about us building up the walls and making sure that we are plugging the holes in the walls so that Satan can't get in. Uh, And I think I may may speak on that next week, but today we're talking about a house divided can't stand. Luke chapter 11, verse 14. Now I'll tell you, I just dove, dove into Luke, and this is where the Lord's led us. He was casting out a demon and it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke and the multitudes marveled. But some of them said he cast out demon by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Others testing him sought for him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and a house divided against a house falls." Verse 18: If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say, I cast out demons by Beelzebub, verse 19. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, whom, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But by Beelzebub, by whom? I'm sorry. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his his goods are in peace. Twenty two. But when a stronger than he, but when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. Verse twenty three. He who is not with me is against me, and who who does not gather with me scatters. Father, I thank you for your word, and I just ask you, Lord, that we would have a light bulb go off tonight. The light bulb would go off according to your word, go against whatever worldview or whatever world issue we've allowed in, whatever lie that we've let in by Satan. Lord, I just ask for that to be broken tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, before I get into really what i want to talk about, let me just talk just a minute about the, these scriptures right here. Jesus encounters the Pharisees over Jesus is redefining the definition of the kingdom of God. Did anybody catch that? He is redefining the definition of the kingdom of God. It says that, bless you. It says, but if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. And here he is redefining the definition of the kingdom of God. Jesus shows the absurdity of the charge of casting out demons by Satan's power. Oppositely, the exorcism demonstrates the penetration of Satan's kingdom by the kingdom of God in Jesus. Now, hang in there with me just for a minute. Verse 20, let me reread it. It says, But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Jesus indicates that one signal... One sign of the true ministry of the kingdom is the casting out of demons. That is one of the signs that will follow those that are inside the kingdom of God, right? His model in this ministry, it's, this is his model. He models this in his ministry and promises that it's a timeless sign confer, uh, confirming the, God, the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom. Mark chapter 16 verse 17 says, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. He balances this aspect of ministry for his disciples who were at first amazed to experience such power, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. But while he is placing value, he's placing value into this ministry, Jesus reminds us of a foundational truth. Power over demons is not the central reason for rejoicing. Rather, the salvation has registered them as heaven's representatives their salvation is reason for rejoicing and by their salvation are they given the power to do the things that Jesus did that's reason for shouting that we can come in here and just as though Jesus is here I believe Jesus laid his hands on Randy's hand who in turn laid his hand on Nancy and I'm telling you it wasn't me I believe Randy in your hand was Jesus it doesn't have to be the preacher. It doesn't have to be the pastor. It can be the mom down there praying over that child that's trying to get stuck and stuck and stuck. Ruth Ann had, uh, not foot and mouth, uh, the rotavirus, I think it was called, when she was three. And I, I stayed in the hospital with her that night. And she, they had to just keep sticking her. She was trying to sleep. She couldn't sleep. They kept waking her up to stick her. And I'm finally like, enough. Cut it out. I don't really care what you're trying to do. Stop. Let the girl sleep. They didn't. They kept sticking her, which was the right thing. But I believe that when we believe according to His Word, when we go and lay hands, it is though Jesus is walking this earth and laying hands on the sick. We shall do what Jesus did and more. Okay? That's the real grounds for authority in the spiritual realm. But let's turn just for a minute. As we see, Jesus, the Son of God, is being accused of being led by Satan. This is is a good word for me. Do we not get accused all the time of whatever? Jesus, the Son of God, a man who walked this earth without sin, with full power, is getting accused of operating by a demonic power. that's a good word for me because I was reading today that it says that if you are serving Christ you are going to be falsely accused it's going to happen the world is going to accuse you well okay well you know what that helps me realize is can, can, can I say it this way this is normal behavior Scripture's told us it's going to happen. It's like like going through life thinking you're not going to face a trial. You've you've, you've received Christ. You you feel like you're on top of the world. Okay, I've got Jesus in my heart now. Now I I will never experience another trial again. That's not the word at all. No, you're going to face trials. And if I realize I'm going to face trials, I can realize this is normal. I have a job to do in this trial. Let's get on with that job and let's get through this trial. Rather than living in denial or in depression, thinking, woe is me, I'm going through this, God, God. No, God said this is going to happen, look for it, and I've given you the tools to get through it. But can I tell you, Satan is trying to divide us. Satan, this word in the New Testament, in the Greek, is satanus. You know what it means? It means the accuser, the one who opposes or adversity. The power reinforcing the inability to reconcile. The power reinforcing the inability to reconcile is satanic. The thing that's standing between you and your spouse. The thing that's standing between you and your unforgiveness for your brother is satanic. Woo! Woo! God wants reconciliation. He wants reconciliation with him, and he wants to have reconciliation with one another. Can I tell you again, reconciliation does not mean that we're saying it's okay what you did to me. It's not okay. It will never be okay. Someone hurting someone is never right. But I free you of that debt. And I don't hold that debt over you anymore. This thing that can get in between us, it can wedge itself between us to those in dissent and those in leadership. Let me tell you, all sides need to beware. Satan will fiercely oppose the idea of healing and reconciliation. When you go to someone that you know is in bitterness and unforgiveness and when you ask him, have you considered forgiving him, that wall that comes down is demonic. That wall that comes down is Satan trying to justify your feeling against that person. And that is an easy thing to do. It is easy to justify your unforgiveness. Unfortunately, it's easier to justify it than it is to forgive. Forgiving is giving up everything that you're feeling, everything that you're desiring, the outcome that you're desiring, the revenge that you're desiring. You give all that up, and that's hard. Devil, word used in the New Testament. Diablos means false accuser. It means slanderer. To slander means more than to just speak evil of one another. It's speaking literally, it means one who puts himself or something between two in order to divide them. Slander means one who puts himself or something between two in order to divide them. Satan's goal is not just to speak evil. It's to put something between people in order to divide them. If he can divide us, he can overtake us. Because when he divides us, we allow sin to creep in. Now we're outside the flock. We're like that little antelope out on its own that can get ate up by whatever predator may want to come along and get it. Because we've let ourselves get offended. I'm not, church, I'm not just talking about the church. I'm talking about our personal lives. I'm talking about our marriages. I'm talking about our kids. I'm talking about our relationship to our parents. And let me tell you, I have heard horror stories about parents. Horror stories. This dividing works to destroy friendships, marriages, churches, relationships. He will exaggerate what seems wrong in one person and twist the remarks of the other person, twist the remarks of the other person's reaction. He frustrates our attempts to compromise and will repeatedly divide Christians with new issues. I, I had lunch today with someone that was telling me about, if you've ever worked for the public, you're going to understand just what I'm talking about. My dad once told me that the best training I could ever get in business is to work for the public for a year. There's nothing like the public. And let me tell you, I'm, I'm the public. You know, have you ever gone... Anyway, one thing I've learned is that working for the public teaches you how to be a good customer. But... Uh, Sitting at lunch today talking to somebody about a person coming in complaining about something in their life. And something that this person identified was, normally their complaint isn't exactly the main issue that they're talking about, but what issues they were dealing with before they got to this guy. Something that I'd noticed working for the public is most of the time someone has come from a pretty bad situation and what they're going through has just been released on me. Have you ever yelled at somebody for something that didn't really matter, but because you've just gotten in a huge fight with your wife, or something had just happened, you've just gotten your tax bill, or you've just paid your gas bill, or whatever, and then you go and let it out because somebody burnt your hamburger? They put the wrong kind of meat in your taco. It's really not that big a deal let taco bell fix it they'll fix it just go back give it to them they'll fix it they'll probably give it to you for free but the problem is what's happened before and that's what happens here is we get offended out here with our wife our spouse with our brother our sister with our coworker then we come into church and the last thing the worst thing hits us and we get mad at the church Or something happens in the church or something happens to the person sitting next to you. They look at you wrong and then I say something and you take it the wrong way and you get offended at me. You know what's at work? Demonic activity trying to separate you from life. Trying to separate you from breakthrough. Trying to stop the plan of God to happen in your your life. And it happens that easily. I have sat back in that sound booth completely offended at some of the stupidest things back there burning and one one day finally the lord got a hold of me and said what are you mad at you know i sat there and thought i don't remember but i know i'm mad just give me just a second i'll find something give me a minute i feel like forrest you know know, my mom always said my daddy always said you go looking for dirt you'll find it You go looking for somebody's warts, you'll find them. You look for something wrong with someone, you'll find them. Quit looking for something wrong with somebody. Look for something wrong with you, with me. Satan is trying his best to get in between us. The devil does not attack death. The first split, Revelation 12, Satan and a third of his angels. Until this ancient split, to our knowledge, hell did not even exist. But due to this division, hell was created. Hell became a reality as a consequence of division. Then Satan came to Adam and Eve to separate them from God. But the Lord put his spirit and his cross between us reminding us that our issues are not the issue he is like jonathan spoke in covenant with david first samuel chapter 20 verse 42 said then jonathan said to david go in peace since we have both sworn in the name of the lord saying may the lord be between you and me and between your descendants and my descendants forever Boy, that is good. If we can keep God in between everything that we are doing, there's no room for offense. There's no way we can even see it if we keep God in the middle. If we keep God our, our filter through the way that we see. If we can see it through his word rather than see it through our, our view our mind God placed his son between us not issues do we fear god do we fear his wrath in proverbs chapter 6 verse 16 it says this it says six things the lord hates now can i can i give you a little tip when you read something that god doesn't like write that down don't just write it down don't do that. There's some things I'm going to do, but this, one, this one's not it. There's a few things God hates. That's one of those, okay, time to pay attention. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Number one, a proud look. <laughs> Why did he have to say that? It gets worse. A lying tongue. You know, Satan is the father of lies. If you have a problem lying, stop. Stop it. If you need help, seek help. Hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord among brethren. You know how easy that is to do? I, I know you, you can identify it at work. So many times you don't realize that that's what you're doing. But when you start in with some of your coworkers about your boss, that's something God hates. You know, I've got, I've got three girls I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I don't know that I should do this, but girls have a way of dividing each other. Boys will just fight. I kind of like that method. We're just gonna fight, and we're gonna get over it and love each other, and we'll see each other tomorrow on the playground. We'll do it again tomorrow. But I've noticed with girls, girls. I don't. I don't want to get sexist here. I'm not. I'm not a sexist type person, but. Our words are damaging, and it starts at a young age. It's painful to just think about it. If we're involved in spreading strife, we are awakening God's wrath. Relationships are ruined, and people stumble. Old friends become enemies. New believers stumble badly, wondering how mature spiritual leaders could divide over such inconsequential issues. Pre-believers, those who are thinking about giving their heart to Christ, recognize that this can't possibly be right and they walk away from God. Matthew chapter five, verse twenty-three. It says therefore if you bring your gift to the altar and you remember that your brother has something against you leave your gift there before the altar and go your way first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift i pray that i just ask the lord that you would see this right here i believe the lord is saying your religious service is not as important as that relationship broken When you start to bring your gift up to the altar, you're coming up to bring your tithe. You're coming up to bring your time. You're coming up to bring yourself. God says, do you have a problem? Go fix that and then bring your gift. You know what the Lord is saying? My son, I sent my son to be in between you and me. And you've just removed him from that in your relationship to your brother over here. Now go get Jesus back between you two and then come in here and worship me. One of the hardest things that, that we do is try, try to have a good day when we're in a fight with our wives. You wonder why that doesn't, I say wives, I'm, I'm, of course I'm a man, I have a wife. But our spouses, it's hard to be successful the rest of the day. I can't think straight. You know why? Because I've got something in between. I've got something that's keeping me from functioning as God wants me to function. God says, you want to function right? Go make it right with her. The problem is we don't. And then here comes the next one. Now we've gone from one wedge to two wedges. And then three. And then four. And then we don't care anymore. Then we think, what happened? Well, we let one in. And then we couldn't see the second one. And we didn't care about the third one. How many of you have got friends that y'all were so close, but now you don't talk at all anymore because of probably something stupid? You may not even can remember what happened. Be the bigger person and do the thing that God doesn't hate. Reconcile. Die to yourself. Humble yourself. <clears throat> Leave your gift at the altar and go your way and be reconciled to your brother. It doesn't say what a nasty brother he is. It doesn't say what he did. It says to reconcile. Your religious church service isn't as important to me as your relationship to your brother. You have to fight for relationship. You have to war against strife and offense. There are sources of strife that lead to division and splits, but none are more subtle and powerful than religious ambition. This is what caused Satan's fall. Isaiah chapter 14 verse 12 says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you cut down to the ground, how you are cut down to the ground, You who weaken the nations, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north, and I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Satan had a lust for position. Satan seeks to be worshipped. He seeks to have the place that God is to have in your life. He is seeking to take that place in your life. The proper response to religious ambition, David wrote in in Psalm chapter 37. I'm going to close right here, uh, verse 3. And um, can you go get them? Psalm 37, verse 3. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light. Now, do you see that? What we're not capable of, when we commit ourselves to the Lord, he shall bring forth our righteousness. He shall do in us what we can't do in ourselves. When we turn to him, when we trust in him, when we start walking according to his word, we kick into his power and we're able to walk this thing out. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light. We sit here and pray, Lord, help me to, help me to do this. No, Lord, the Lord says, no, turn to me. Feed on me. Drink me in. Do my word. Obey my word. And I will bring forth your righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. By a miracle, the light will go off in your marriage. By a miracle, the light will go off as a parent. By a miracle, the light will go off in your job. Doors will start opening. Other doors will start closing. The windows of heaven will open up, and he will pour his blessing upon you. Come on in. I'm still preaching, so just bear with me. Uh, y'all just get on the front pew right up here. Come on, kids. Where was I? Uh, and your justice as the noonday. He shall bring forth your righteousness as a light, and your justice as the noonday. Verse 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. Trust in the Lord.